Left. Right. Yo, I am recording this after having participated in this podcast. So as far as you're concerned, I'm in the future. I know it's going to happen already. You get to sit back, listen, enjoy, or uh, or maybe you're not going to enjoy this one. This podcast is about consent. We have my friend Nicole Feliciano. Nicole runs a Couples Thing podcast, which is on YouTube. And Coco Explains It All, another podcast. Um, great podcast, great perspective. Uh, I love bringing Nicole on because she brings a female perspective, which obviously James and I do not have. Um, this podcast about consent took a turn in a direction James and I probably wouldn't normally be comfortable going, but we're glad to have had Nicole there. Um, definitely an interesting topic. I don't necessarily know we all agreed. I think we were all in general agreeance towards the end. You're going to have to listen to get there, and this is a long one. Um, but I think we were all in general agreeance at the end, but we all come from different places, so we all have way different backgrounds. Let me know. This is one I really want your feedback on. Let me know in the comments. Shoot me a DM, a PM, an IM, any type of M. Uh, I'd love to hear your perspective on consent and where we're going in this podcast. And uh, let me know what you think of the Trump hat uh, analogy. That's that's a big one. I'm very curious your perspective on the Trump hat analogy. Either way, I will see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. That makes us live across all platforms. If you're watching us, listening to us, this is episode 85 of Sip Talk. We are drinkless right now. I'm joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James, what are you drinking in Charleston? The, the tried and true bush ice. Bush ice. Um, I'm running, I'm trying to drink healthy lately. So I'm kind of running low on, I'm out of limes and I have vodka and seltzer water and he's doing a vodka soda. I'm going to do a little, uh, CLA and carnitine. (laughs) (laughs) So like a really terrible vodka Red Bull. Something like that. There's no caffeine in this. This is something you could take right before you go to sleep. Um, just kind of keeps your, your body from eating its own muscle um, oh. and helps you burn body fat. So that's cool. So I'm, I'm going to mix some of that with vodka and then, you know, cause I don't think it's going to mix very well with seltzer and then I'll add the seltzer afterwards. Um, so yeah, in about two weeks or so is what I'm hoping to have the house. And yeah, so, one thing- so f- just fill everybody in. James is buying a house um, and he had a little blip this week. Which oh man, so I, I think it would be just be cool. So basically, you got to the financing part and now you ran an assessment. The assessment came back. So, the appraisal, the appraisal. I'm sorry, okay. So, yeah, so before I started on this house search, my, my number one criteria above all else was that the house cannot be an HOA property because I don't like the idea of somebody who's not police telling me what I can and can't do with my house. So, found this place. And it's in an area, it's, it's located on a golf course. So I was like, there's no way that this isn't an HOA. I asked my agent, he says, no HOA. 
bid offer, the buy contract comes back and in a buy offer, you're going to have a property disclosure where the owner tells you about all the things that they know may be wrong with the property and just condition of the property. And on the last page of the property disclosure is a checklist for HOAs. Every single box is checked no, and it says no HOA, handwritten in, signed by the owner. So I look and I say, okay, everyone's telling me no HOA. Even the owner is vouching for it on a contract, so I'm good. So go through the financing. And one of the things that you have to do for financing is you have to get the property appraised so that the bank knows that the property is worth as much as you're offering on it. And the appraisal comes back. And on the second page of the appraisal, it says HOA fees, $200. And I'm like, and that's a monthly, that's a monthly charge also, right? Um, I think it's annually. So it's not about the money. It's about the fact that I'd have to play by HOA rules, which is my number one. Someone else has interest over your property, which which is garbage. Um, So I reach out to my agent and my lender and I say, can you explain this? Because that was not my understanding. And turns out my agent says, I think it's a mistake. My lender says, I think it's a mistake. It's a funny mistake to make though, which is, which is why I think we were both kind of wondering what the fuck. um, I very much was because I was like, it's a weird mistake that you would make. I was, and I was super invested in this property at this point, just of like, I've already kind of mentally moved in. I've already gone through all the steps and searching for a property is a real pain in the ass. So when you find a place that you like and you actually happen to win the contract on it, you're just like, all right, cool. Everything else is easy from here. So yeah. I'm just like, don't let this deal go down the tubes because somebody lied to me. That's wild. That's wild. Um, so it turns out that, yeah, it was a mistake. And the appraiser sent a, like a revised copy, which removed the HOA stuff. And I just told my lending agent, I said, you really shouldn't be using this guy. Like, it took me, I called the, um, the, the company that manages the HOA that I don't belong to. Yeah. I called them up and I said, hey, can you tell me if this particular address is Smart. part of your HOA? Smart. And he says, no, I'm not seeing it on the list. I said, okay, cool. That took me five minutes. Yeah, it didn't take any expertise. It took one Google search and one phone call in under five minutes to get the correct answer. So to me, like this guy is producing a document on which a... 300,000 or more deal hinges on his document makes a big difference as to whether or not a deal goes through and to not get details like that. Right. To me is just a huge error and not the kind of mistake that you should be making when you are, when you have that level of responsibility. So I made sure my lender knew I'm like, this, this is unacceptable as a professional too. So, um, I just want to reintroduce the topic here because we're we're talking about home sales, um, but we will be That's getting into topic. we will be getting into consent as it as it plays in intimate relationships. Uh, and we have Nicole Feliciano joining us. You've met Nicole; she's been on an episode or two in the past over the summer last summer. Uh, she brings a great perspective uh, from the female persuasion, so we're we'll be happy to have her. Um, I'll show you real quick because I, I just uh, shared these on my desktop. I'll show you the uh, work that I did over the weekend on the house out here uh, in Jersey. We did a demo on the kitchen. So you said you're not looking to do any work on the house really, right? Not immediately. At some point down the line, sure. But right now, I'm just going to be happy to not be living in my apartment. And one of my first casts, I might, I might actually um, use my laptop 
and either my laptop's webcam or just take my webcam and plug it in there. And I want to do the the podcast from my in-house bar. I think that's a brilliant idea. I'm looking at where the the home bar will be in the future. Right now, it's filled with boxes that I haven't had time to break down because you, they have to be broken down into two foot by two foot squares. Um, there's a lot of we got exacto a lot. knife. Yeah, but there's so many. Like it's insane. So let me let me show you real quick the work because Nicole's going to join us uh, in about ten minutes, and okay. uh, and then we'll get into the consent. So I figure we'll save that for a little bit because. I am expecting it to be a, an interesting topic. I want to read through, like I said, some of the scenarios. I found some college training from even from like Yale, I think, where they kind of run scenarios by you. And then there's a couple of follow-up questions about the scenarios. So That'll be interesting to go through because yeah. they're probably not going to be cut and dry. They kind of are. But then you're like, well, maybe. <laughs> well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let me, uh, let me do a quick shared screen. So if you guys are watching on instagram or facebook you'll be able to see this hopefully if you're watching on tiktok you can see it as well um let's jump on the shared screen here we're going to share screen number two and do a quick share here so i don't know if from uh okay i see a rock you see a rock there's the rock so here's the kitchen so obviously when we were looking at the house out here i said i want something that needs work now this kitchen is like original 1960s and it's bare bones there's obviously very little in the kitchen this is old cabinetry um so the goal for me was to take the wall down and get rid of this door and make one big window across here Okay. And then the counter would range around the kitchen with a little peninsula island-like thing on this side. And then the refrigerator and the oven, an in-wall built-in oven, would be on the wall to the left. Okay. So show you another... I like the concept. Yeah, and I think that, you know, this is a non-load-bearing wall. So the idea was... <laughs> yeah, don't want to make that mistake. <laughs> so the idea was to take this down. Right now, the issue I'm running into is i got to flip this heater into the other room. Um, but made some decent progress oh shit i gotta flip these onto where you can see them on on the live here so I can see it. you can see it yeah um and again for anybody watching on the instagram stream you get a good look at this so here's what the demo brought us just ripped all the shit out of the wall i was worried about this soffit on the top maybe there was some duct work but there was nothing there they just oh. built it because whatever reason so this is this is Dennis. Uh, Dennis does construction. He was a real estate agent at DiGiulio Group, um, but since coronavirus, he started picking up some construction gigs, and uh, he rocks. The guy is a workhorse, uh, and he really knows what he's doing. So it's really nice to have someone helping like that. And he's super tall. You can see his head's almost to the ceiling. Um, the perspective of that picture doesn't make him look tall. Well, fair enough. He's on the edge of the edge of the picture, a little squash down. But the guy could like touch the ceiling. He do all this work. Um, whereas you see how messy this room is. I'm like, dude, we gotta clear this room out because I can't touch the ceiling like you. I need a ladder. There's nowhere to put the ladder. Um, and you see, we took out this pantry. The place is fucking destroyed. Um, and here's another picture. Well, it's destroyed. Here's the wall that's about to disappear. My concern was the floor being really fucked up. And as you can see. This is the old flooring. It's like a faux laminate brick. 
then there's some plywood and uh and then underneath is the base floor the original floorboards yeah there, you can see there's two levels of linoleum there's actually a third level but i couldn't peel it up so that it you could see it um and uh you're looking at the kitchen with the wall down uh and that's the dining room on the left there and uh like i said where that door is it's going to become two rooms so just destroyed this room destroyed the kitchen uh, what did you do with all the material you just throw it in like the yard or <laughs> right now it's nice so i was just going to throw it out there but dennis was organizing it he was bundling everything together so it looks real nice um here's the so what are you going to do with those floorboards i don't think you're going to keep the kitchen floor like that so these are this is the subfloor subfloor so underneath the linoleum was plywood underneath the plywood was this the plywood was pretty damaged and it was ruined pretty badly by by water you can see where the water damage was but this is just stained so this wood actually isn't damaged at all thank god um and then uh i have some more demo uh and then we got the new you can see the new uh plywood on there and the plywood is looking nice and crisp and flat and everything's even uh so that's pretty cool gonna have to rewire these walls run some more wire in there and otherwise the room is is ready for the new kitchen so that's that that's gonna be really cool one. all right how about now you can hear me Yep, everything's good. Oh, we I lost some audio here. Say something again. Again. All right, wonderful. Um, so yeah, so big demo on the kitchen. Uh, so literally, there's no kitchen. I grilled last night, um, and tonight we ate out. So uh, got to get this kitchen stuff in there pretty swiftly. Um, otherwise, it's gonna be a lot of takeout in the meantime. But it's fun stuff. I like I like doing construction. It reminds me of being in high school. When we were for the wrestling coach <laughs> doing demo on uh, uh, demo and, and paint and repairs on his rental properties. Um, Any, anytime you mention that there's, there's one word that springs to mind. Technology. <laughs> so the technology story was <clears throat> the guy showed up to a rental property. One of the tenants there started bitching about, and he's like, look, at, you know, at the end of the day, man, you got to pay rent. Like, you live here. It's my place. Like, you, you are renting for me. Um, you're always late on rent. Now's the time to pay. And he's like, you're, you're just a slumlord. He's like, well, you know, what does that say about you, man? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the guy, I mean, the guy was being a dick. The, the places were kept up pretty well. I know that because we did the repairs and maintenance. Um, at the, I mean, we obviously weren't experts, but I could tell by walking into the places that they weren't in too much disrepair. He took the, the stuff that we were doing wasn't difficult to do. No, and we were, I mean, nothing was materially wrong with it. Um, we were painting and, and pulling people's garbage out of places that they didn't pay rent for six months and got evicted, which like when you see that side of things, you really can feel for landlords given these weren't the nicest properties. Um, but uh, at some point in the conversation where the tenant was bitching out our wrestling coach, the property owner, the tenant said, you're, you're using some technology on me, man. You're using some technology. And he's like, no, I'm just telling you, you got to fucking pay me, dude. What the fuck is technology? Uh, don't start, start, don't start on that technology bullshit with me, man. <laughs> technology. 
but definitely a word that is as uh has come with me a long time there's a couple other words i can't i can't remember them but uh i'm sure they'll come up in the future technology definitely a good one um so we're about to be joined by nicole feliciano uh i'm gonna let her know she can jump on right now Yeah, my word of the day was excoriate. I'm not familiar with that word. Is it a real word? Yes. And it means? To harshly criticize. Oh, that sounds like something you do with your, your family often. You, your mm. brothers, to be more specifically. It, yeah, but like excoriate would be like, if you imagine like, um, I think a good example would be football. So a football player does like some stupid showboaty move, fumbles the ball, and the other team gets the possession. When the football player comes back to the sideline and what the coach is saying to him, that's excoriating. Fair enough. All right. It looks like Nicole is here. Let's make oh, sure we are all online. What's up, Nicole? Can you hear us? Hi. Yes, I can. Welcome to Zoom. Are you uh, outside? Are you inside near a window? I'm on, I'm on my Sky Lounge. <laughs> Oh, Wait, very- where? What city are you in? I'm in Houston. Oh, wow! Yeah, so, I just I just moved. <laughs> so I saw something online. I watched I watched one of your recent YouTube's. Uh, I think it was a shorter one. That so did you actually leave New York City for good? Yeah, bro. I just got here March first, yeah. and wow. I'm I feel amazing. It's weight lift off my shoulders new york just wasn't it for me anymore and i just feel like the rent is ridiculous well so it's just too it's too bad the thing is how much are you paying in new york and how much are you paying now i was paying 1600 for 500 square feet in a four floor walk up with mice roaches no lots of windows terrible landlord for like four years in woodside queens on around 65th street and now i am paying a thousand dollars a month. I have full amenities. I have a sky lounge, a pool, a freaking bike shop inside my building, a pet salon, a gym. My yeah. apartment is 800 square feet. It's amazing. So nothing, nothing. Comp- the thing about New York is like we know in New York, we have it tough. Like it's hard. There's a lot of pressure on you all the time. You're you're in a city where there's an immense amount of opportunity, but you you mm-hmm. put up you put up with a lot of shit. And exactly. what's happened over the last year is the opportunity has really disappeared and mm-hmm. the shit has, has been piling on and, and, and then some, so it's, yep. uh, it's not been a great just, place to be. Yeah. I've also just believed that like, you don't have to be in the city you were born in forever. Like it's okay to explore and try new areas. Like I've lived in Miami. I've lived in California. Now I'm in Houston. I'm just testing the waters. If I love it, I stay here and build a family. If I, I don't, I can't go back. I think I understood. I think I understood. This what you was you're breaking spontaneous up. over FaceTime. They're called located. It, oh, man. What about now? No, you just uh, you, you we just lost your uh, video. I don't know if you did that. Are you on Wi-Fi or are you uh, are you on cellular? I'm on Wi-Fi. Yeah, I'm on Wi-Fi. I probably should go on cellular. Uh, your audio is coming through a lot clearer. 
once you go get back on the video, if you could try and find a way of like mounting the phone or something, because like it constantly bouncing around yeah. is making me dizzy. James is locked in. Too. He's got, he's got Wait, you you right. can't you can't see me? I no, can't now we can. Me. We can see you oh, now. Okay. Actually, it looks more clear now. So so I guess okay, maybe good. you are. Um, are you off of Wi-Fi? No, I'm on it. Oh, okay. Well, so you're you, good now. So you're saying that yeah. you could go back. You were saying that you could go back if you wanted. Yeah. That was the last thing. You know what? I was pushed out of my neighborhood. I'm from the Upper West Side in Manhattan, and it's now gentrified. We don't even have to start that conversation. We know what's happening. And I just, I can't live where I want to live, where I can be safe anymore, unless I'm dealing with like bull. And as a woman, I didn't feel safe anymore living in New York. My anxiety levels were through the roof. I did not leave my house for anything. So now I feel so much more free. My stress levels are down by 50%. I work remotely. It's just, it's so much more chill right now. That's good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So, so look, guys, we want to get into consent. We want. Can you guys see me? We can see you, but we can't. This is the problem with, uh, with Zoom. Now, the nice thing about Zoom is that none of us are traveling to Houston or South Carolina or back to New York to have this conversation. So we're able to have this conversation. The downside is we got to deal with the Internet um, and connectivity. Yeah. So uh, you're still breaking up. Maybe maybe try. Uh... I'm going to like plop it down there. Right, let's see what happens. Maybe, maybe do audio only if. If we need, I don't know. Is that better? That yeah. Well, Justin, you want to you want to lead into the the topic and maybe me? put like we can hear you. put we put a scenario you. or two out there and well, we all think, answer and see where we're wrong and Nicole can tell us. So I, I you know I, I I've been trying to figure out like how we can make this right more. There, how's that? You sound fine. Cool. Cool. So I've been trying to figure out how we could make the idea of consent a bit more convoluted. Like it's every time I come at it, I'm like, this is something really simple. It's got, you know, ha there's has to be somewhere. Some wires need to be crossed. It needs to be more complex than it is. And in preparing for this episode, it's, it's so cut and dry and it's so simple. And, you know, I think, all you have to look at consent is as permission. And then you have to, well, you know, when you figure out what you need to ask permission for, that's where it gets a bit more dicey because lately nobody wants to put up with anything that makes them remotely uncomfortable at all. And I mm -hmm. think, I think that's where the line is, is a bit tricky but I think in general, the, the idea of consent um, is, is pretty simple. And if consent is permission, what do you need to ask for permission for? And mm -hmm. when you don't get consent, it is pretty much rape across the board. Um, and I, you know, I'd like to kind of define some instances where it's not quite rape, but I think for the most part, it is a version of rape if you're, if you're, not getting consent and still acting. Would you guys agree with me on that? 
Yeah, I would also add that it, it's mostly respect. It has to start with respect because we're just respecting bodies that don't belong to us. That's really it. And then, of course, the permission part. Uh, I, yeah, I think respect. I, I didn't. I haven't thought about it in terms of respect, but yeah, I think if you have enough respect for other people, you're not going to, you know, like walk in a room and and you know mess up somebody's hair just to to fuck with them. Like that's you're breaching a level of respect. You wouldn't. That you know, you're not treating everybody like a, a kid brother or something like that. Um, You'd be the perfect person to do it, though. They can't get back at you. Yeah, but people touch my head anyways. Now, that's not a sexual thing. But I think if you have a certain amount of respect for people, like you just don't go touching them. And there could be Mm -hmm. non-sexual things like messing up someone's head or um, I don't know. Uh, But but then it gets a little weirder, like snapping someone's bra. Now that, you know, bra means boobs means sex. Sex means rape. So again, you know, you, it's, yeah, but snapping someone's bra isn't rape, is it? But that's what I'm saying. For? But that's what sure. I'm saying because in some people, some people are going to take it in a very sexually, uh, you know, they've been sexually exploited because someone snapped their bra, and I think, and I think it's it's issues like that where that's where I'm saying the line is difficult to draw. Is that a sexual crime, snapping someone's bra versus messing up their hair? Absolutely. <laughs> even putting my putting a man putting his hand on my back no one gave him permission to do that especially if he doesn't it depends on of course who the person is like if i'm close to the individual i probably wouldn't see it a certain way but i would still also try to pay attention to that and how low they decide to go something as simple as that which has happened to me in a workplace before and they think it's just them being nice and gracious and I'm just being kind to her. Like, I'm just an affectionate person. That's what one would say. But it's like, I didn't invite you to touch me in that manner. So there's so many different ways. Well, and I think we, we, we so Nicole, you joined us for a past episode last year about sexual harassment at work, right? Yes. And, yeah. you know, a lot of this, the workplace is definitely a place where people need to be additionally cautious. Um, but what touch then would be okay? And what harm is done? I mean, and and where is the harm? That's that's another thing that I had in my notes here is what's the harm? And 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 does the harm get worse? So for example, if you're at a meeting and someone touches your leg to get your attention versus someone Oh just- no, there's no reason versus someone just <laughs> randomly no touches touches your leg um, versus touches your leg and leaves their hand on it or continues to do it so uh, and they may they may tap you initially to get your attention and then they may do it again because you didn't seem to be uncomfortable when they did it the first time and then it may continue and persist so now you've gotten yourself into deeper waters without trying to offend the other That's- person you see where I'm that's going? That's usually with this? how it starts. That's usually how it starts. Okay, fair enough. I think that's a yep. that's a good point. Um, but it's is, like also they can you can you can just call me and get my attention without touching me at all. Or if you are, you can tap me on the shoulder. But I've also 
been in a work setting where I've been tapped on the shoulder and then the person then grabbed my hand, then tapped my knee and felt comfortable putting their hand on my leg for two to three seconds, then decided, okay, she's letting me touch her in three different places on her body. Now I can put my hand on her back and bring it down a little lower. Then they start flirting. It's all subjective, of course, but these are things that genuinely happen on a daily basis to women that will, I can guarantee you, if like, if you're not hearing it from women that you know, it's usually because they don't feel that they would be believed or they would feel that a man would look at it as an outrageous thing or something that's over dramatic. But it's so common. It's usually like 99% of women go through this on a daily basis and some don't even recognize it. So, so then where are we drawing the line between, because guys don't know. The, the guys that are doing so this probably, probably don't know and they think they're being tactful. Um, but where do we draw the line between a guy being an idiot or a guy being creepy, um, or a girl not, or a woman not living up to her expectations of saying no, because I think what it is, is the guy is a creep most of the times. And, Mm -hmm. and then it gets a little too far so that if you said no right off the bat, it would be too much. And then you've let it go too far. And now it's very difficult to say no, because you're now being more offensive to that person. But, you know, the weight of who's responsible has. Yeah. And it it could turn into manipulation also. Yeah. But, but also the longer that you're, you're waiting to say no or stop, you you're empowering the other person to continue doing this. And that's, you know, where the, where the balance shifts. But also, go ahead. It's so much, it's, I feel that it's easier said than done, especially like if I were a guy, I would probably be thinking the same way. And I'd say it's like, you're kind of allowing something to continue, but there is a huge amount of fear, manipulation, and it's a power play and it's a control thing. And I've been indirectly manipulated without even knowing it. And I've never realized it until the past three to four years. And I sit back and I go through a timeline of my life and I'm like, was this inappropriate? Oh my gosh, this was totally inappropriate. And I never knew until now. And that's because I started to hear other women having similar stories and That is so important. But what I believe is the main issue is it starts at home. It starts with how men are raised. Usually men are not raised to pay attention to these cues. They're not raised to, um, not all, I'm not going to say all men, most and some, and this is the parents' fault. They usually raise the guy to be the one that pursues the woman. And, oh, son, you got a girlfriend at 12 years old. Good job for you. And she's older. Oh, it's always something that's heightened and fun. And this is what you should be doing. Is this is what all... makes you a real man. Well, sure. And, uh, but I don't, I don't think that's all that bad as long as you're painting the, the lanes, you know, the lines for the lanes for the kid to stay within. Obviously, you want to pump up. I disagree. Kid. I, th- I think you want to pump up. I, I think 12 is a bit young though. I, I, you know, I, I think if we're talking 15, 16, you know, 
Well, I can use a cartoon as an example. For example, I'm not sure if you've heard about this whole Pepe Le Pew situation that people are now trying to cancel the cartoon. I genuinely do not think it should be canceled. I think that it should remain. I don't think any film or TV that has anything that has sexual um, harassment in it or racism in it should be taken off. I think it should be left up for receipts and to show how we've grown in throughout this whole timeline. But, but are you, are you going to continue you look, airing Pepe Le Pew on the Cartoon Network like nothing ever happened? That's the problem. That's the problem. So Pepe Le Pew, look at what they were showing children already. At that young age, you're watching that show. And I never saw it this way. But the male squirrel is literally forcing himself on a woman. He's literally trying to force a kiss, force a hug. He's chasing her. He's stalking her. And that is being normalized in cartoons from when we're at the youngest age. So, and it's in movies, it's in books, it's everywhere that we look. It's not even deniable. So it's something that I think is being paid more attention to now. And people are noticing it and saying, wait a minute, this has to stop. Well, and I me, think that is the problem. Let, let, me, let me draw a line because we just had a comment from Cheryl um, and she threw something in my mind. You were basically talking about what's happening in the workplace, someone touching your legs, someone touching your back. Now, if you mm -hmm. were on a date and it was a first date or maybe second date and the first date never got intimate, but the guy put his hand on your back, mm -hmm. how, how appropriate is that? Because you're in a setting where you're sizing this person. If you're in the workplace, you're not sizing anybody up to take them to mm -hmm. bed and have a relationship with them. But if you're on a date, you are. So you're playing by yeah. slightly different rules. And definitely so I, your lower back. What are your thoughts on that? I think it depends on, of course, the situation. And for me personally, I like to feel the person out and if it's in a setting, let's say where we're walking into the restaurant and they just like, you know, put their hand on the mid of my back to just help me to walk in first, I'm not gonna think anything of that at all, honestly. Um, but if I don't know you very well, I, I might feel different, but again, it's all based on a feeling. And I believe that I am a good judge of character and I can tell when something feels like the guy is only trying to get something sexual out of the situation, you can usually tell. Sometimes I believe we stay in the situation to see if we're even right, because we doubt ourselves. Maybe we're wrong about this guy. Maybe he has good intentions and you'll let it continue. But there are many a times where there is a motive to being very touchy. And well, I think it's also like a man testing to see how far he can go. Sometimes, think, not all I, times. Well, I, I as a guy, who has dated a decent amount. I like to be the pusher and see how far, to me, it's a bit of a test of character. If a girl's going to go home with me on the first date, that says a lot more about her character than a girl that's going to make me wait. And I'm not saying neither one is not relationship material, but it's, you know, it's giving me some insight into the character of that person. Uh, I don't know ne necessarily that's right or wrong, but that's always been my prerogative when I started dating somebody. Um, you know, my mm. sister, my sister has come to me and she said, Hey, 
uh, my younger sister has got my only sister, but she's younger. And she said, Hey, I don't, I don't even know how this conversation came up, but basically like, when should you sleep with somebody? And the best answer is when it feels right. But I think really the better answer if when it comes and sure, when it feels right is the best answer. The better answer though, is you got to make them wait because you, it That's might be so a great, stupid. but it might be a great relationship. But the thing is you have an asset that the guy wants. And if you give it up too early, you're going to change that's, his perception of you. That's such a terrible way of looking at it because now that's you're reducing true, sex to something transactional. Well, to, you can't well, ignore That's what most fact. men do, though. But you, <laughs> right, but Justin, your most, attitude is but that's what That's what most men do. And who's her pool of dating candidates? Most men. So Yeah, but you, you're looking at this all wrong. Well, you're looking at... Because you're, you're making an assumption that... Sex is something that women give to men, which means that it's of higher value to men than women. All those assumptions are wrong. Agreed. And well, let me ask you a question. You you go to a bar on a what is today Tuesday? Go to a bar at eight o'clock on a Tuesday night, and you do a survey. Nobody would probably answer this honestly, but you do a survey and you ask twenty guys what their goal is for the evening, and nineteen of them will say to get laid. You ask twenty. Absolutely. You ask 20 girls what they're, what they're there in the bar for, and they're like to catch up in my friend, with my friends. Okay, yep. but there's a, yeah, but here's the thing is that that is more reflective of the economics of sex than the desires of each individual gender. Because, and this is, right, I, we're talking I've had to explain sex. that, yeah, I know, and I'm talking about the economics of sex, not monetary, that for women, having sex with somebody is a far riskier choice than for men yeah. to have sex with a woman. Women bear a lot more risk. That's, out of why, a sexual my, encounter. that's why my advice is to wait. But no, that's, that's, that's not actually related to the argument. The argument is why are men more willing to have sex with a woman before a woman is willing to have sex with a man? And it's not because the woman doesn't enjoy sex or doesn't find a partner attractive. It's that there is more risk associated with the activity for a woman than a man. And so if you don't feel like it is a risk to do so, that you have the right feeling with the person then arbitrarily waiting because that's what you're supposed to do well, but my, but has my answer, no logical backing behind it. But my answer was the best answer is when it feels right. But the better answer is make them wait, because guess what? If it feels right, but you still make them wait. And if they're willing to wait, then it's somebody worth your time. If they're not willing to wait, then it's not somebody worth your time. And you've now weeded those people out with the additional waiting period. I mean, I, I think it just depends on what the person chooses to do. I, growing up, um, I read this book, the Steve Harvey book, and I don't remember the name of it. It's not coming to my mind right now, but um, in one of the chapters, he was dedicating to women on how to date. He literally said a woman should wait 90 days before she has sex with a man. And for Why? years, he said that, if the man, you give enough time for the man to show effort because the levels of effort between a man and a woman, they have very different agendas when they're moving into a, 
uh, a brand new give, relationship. Yeah, he's giving you the men's perspective on dating yes. so women can understand. Given he's giving women dating advice from the men's perspective. But, but I will say this. I lived by that for so long because I assumed it was what was right and what a woman should do. And I used to frown upon women that would do it sooner than me. And that is an ignorant thing to do because everyone has a different journey. And a woman choosing on one night with one random guy to sleep with him that night, that could be her very first time making that decision. And she should be able to make that decision if she wants to, because men can freely make that decision with no judgment. And a woman makes that decision, she's automatically a slut and she's jaded. But if someone chooses to wait, that should be fine too. But I don't think it should have to be one or the other. And I don't think that judging someone's choice on their sexual activity is anything that we should be doing at all. Like I shouldn't even wonder why my friend Caitlin, if I had a friend, slept with a guy the second night versus three months in. It shouldn't change who she is as an individual at all. I think Coco and I are agreeing on this to a large yeah. degree, which is that the, there's no value one way or the other in terms of how long you make somebody wait before you get intimate with them. It, it could be the first night. It could be but, 90 nights. It could be never. But that has no bearing whatsoever on your character or your I'm not, judgment. I'm not, I'm not saying that it does, but at some point it's going to come up where one person makes a move. And okay. I was I was simply stating in the defense of the guy for always making the move, because that's at the end of the day, we're all animals. I'm not saying the guy needs to make the move aggressively, but I do think that if somebody's going to turn up the heat, it's on the guy. I think that's I think most people would agree that the guy is going to make the but first it doesn't move. have to be. I don't think no, it, it doesn't. No, it doesn't have to be. I'm not saying it has to be. I'm just saying most people would agree. The majority of the time, it's going to be the guy, and but that's some women, practice. Like some women may think uh, the guy is not interested if he does not, and that could kill the odds of the guy. Well, yeah, but this is an appeal to tradition. And again, I'm not, you know, I, it it is an appeal to tradition, sure. But again, traditionally, but, you know, we're we're I'm bringing this down to a more animalistic instinct, and I get it that we live in society and we we wear Levi's, but at the end of the day, we're all animals. And chemicals run through our body when we look at each other and we have to deal with that. Right. But you have to look at the history of these traditions and where do they come from? And a lot of them came from a puritanical view of sex. And yep. why, why perpetuate something? Why, why perpetuate a trend, a tradition that originates from a widely rejected and widely accepted to be outdated view of women's agency when it comes to selecting romantic partners. Mm. Why perpetuate this? What value does it hold? How does this make things better? Because you have to have some normalcy and some agree. You, you have the, to be in agreement. Why normal? Why agreeance. have things that are normal? You have to be in agreement with the person on the other side of the table from you to be able to exit the table and join the bed together. And if you're, and if you're right. too far apart, if you're, Nobody's going to listen to this podcast and be like, James, Nicole, and Justin were, were right on. And, you know, we don't even need to have a discussion about this. Let's jump in bed. They don't, they don't know what the other one's thinking. And when they sit across the table, they eat some spaghetti, Lady in the Tramp style. 
you know, how do, how do they get to kissing? Because my guess is not going to be with a three foot piece of spaghetti. Okay, but hold on. Let me, because the, like, what you're talking about now is how do you go about navigating the delicate dance that is a date and assessing whether you have interpersonal chemistry yeah. and whether you want to continue seeing this person or anything else. And then you're, so you're making uh, one point here, which is a date is this complex well, I want set to get of into, behaviors. I want to get to, into the consent. So really what I want but, to, and yeah, I'll, but I'll, let me I'll, finish I'll, destroying you're, your argument here. You're, you're trying to define my argument. <laughs> I want to hear what he's saying. You, you want to no, define really my argument. I want to hear what he was going to say. All right. Okay. Ahead, I'm defining your argument so that I can destroy it because it's completely wrong. Okay. On one set, on, on one side, you're saying a date is this complex set of interactions whereby both parties are kind of hiding some information and trying to glean other information from the other person to see whether or not they have chemistry and interpersonal and, and the interpersonal relationships going to work. And there's some hidden information about what your ultimate desires are. And then there's some public information that you're manifesting through your behaviors. Uh, let me ask and, you to pause on that. Let me ask you to pause. I'm not hidden information, but maybe it's information that both parties haven't made their mind up on. So they're right. And so the date is also sure. discovering what you actually want. And so exactly. we're, it, we're going to say that that's how a date's supposed to go. And that's how most dates do go. Some go, well, some don't, but it's because of that dance. And then what you're mm -hmm. doing is you're then introducing the concept of, you know what, like, regardless of how that dance is going, wait. And those two, the, there's just a fundamental. I'm not, I'm not saying you, you have to wait. I said best answer what feels right. But if, if you want to, you know, if you're going to take an error, asking the person to wait is is only going to weed out people that probably aren't that interested in a relationship right but that's what you're looking then for. we just come back to the best answer which is if it's if the time is right great and if the time isn't right then you wait but don't say the time is right but i'm going to wait because of these arbitrary traditions well that and have i'm not no real I'm not, logical basis and i'm not yeah exactly but i said when it feels right and that's a that's something that not everybody's going to be able to define on their own because not everybody's going to know what feels right they're going to be afraid and you, you need to be. I disagree with that. If it, you know what it feels right, because I, that's I the definition. It, yeah. That's the, t it's exactly. tautological. But let, yeah. let me ask about a, a girl that sleeps with a guy because she really wants to be in a relationship with him. But because he has, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's more popular or whatever. Um, so she sleeps with him, even though she, you know, normally wouldn't have, but she's trying to lock this guy down. Well, then she actually forced an issue. She didn't, she, the time wasn't right. She was trying to mm -hmm. get something out of him and used something to do so. Well, and the time was right in the that's, sense that she that's thought a poor he strategy. Would the time was right because she thought he would slip away. All, all I'm saying is it's, it's complex. What I want to get into is the consent issue. And at a certain point, somebody has got to make a move, whether it's the man or the woman. And it has to mm -hmm. be received with a green light. Otherwise, it's a version of rape. What about yellow lights? You step up on the gas, you just make it. It depends. Are you in a residential area? Or, uh, um, all right. <laughs> so, uh, and if the light turns red, Ty goes to the runner. All right. So let's see. Um, so I got what this. I'll run through the uh, this one because it's easy, but it, it's six scenarios that prove consent doesn't have to be complicated. 
and there's there's some visuals here um but one is you would never do this while someone was unconscious so no matter what they said or did when they were awake you're still not doing it and the example is a guy pointing to his arm and saying that's the design i want on my arm someday right here and then there's a picture of her tattooing him while he's asleep and he wakes up and he's he's freaking out he's like you tattooed me when i was passed out what's wrong with you and she goes well you said you wanted it uh, that would be pretty hilarious mm. <laughs> um and and for people that draw on people's faces when they're fucked up and passed out fuck you guys that's, that's also but yeah you know what no so disrespectful Rub, rubbing alcohol takes yeah, it but, off yeah but what if you don't happen rubbing to have alcohol rubbing shouldn't alcohol. be on your face <laughs> yeah or rubbing alcohol yeah probably not the best for your face but who cares when i'm rubbing alcohol at the end of the day if you're drawing on people's faces when they're passed out that's fucked up our rule in college was if you passed out with your shoes on we could draw on your face. If you took your shoes off, you were off limits. Well, if it's a defined rule to every guest who comes into the home and they're well aware of it, fair enough. But also, I don't know. Still think it's a bit of a dick move. But if everybody signs up for no, it, it is, but it's not a dick it's, move. Yeah, um, it, it, the rules apply to even equally to everybody. All right, so I, I got a, the, the, another one here. Six scenarios. Proof of consent doesn't have to be complicated. Rule number two, scenario number two. Having done something once doesn't mean you have permission to do it again. And the infographic. Yeah. Infographic. Thanks um, for letting me borrow your car. And then next week, the girl's looking at the car and the guy's like, um, borrowing your car. You said I could. And she's like, I didn't say you can take it whenever you want. Um, can I throw a scenario out there? We talked about this last week, but I want to get Coco's take on this one. Um, sure. About alcohol and its role in consent. So, I think we can all agree if a guy and a girl go out and the girl gets super drunk and the guy is relatively sober, she's off limits, right? A hundred percent. I would agree. And it would work the other way around. If a girl and a guy go out and the guy 100%. is super drunk, he's off limits. 100%. So what about if a guy and a girl go out and they're both super drunk? I feel like that's such a gray area. And I feel that that, it's going to depend, but if you don't, if they don't know each other, let's say they're complete strangers and they just met, I still think it's a gray area because how drunk were they really? Like how drunk was he really? I'm going to say whatever the case is for scientific purposes, they're exactly the same level of drunk, whether it's a little drunk or very drunk, they're the exact same in the scenario. Okay. All right. So I I think it's a gray area. I think it's going to depend on the scenario. And I, personally in the past have been in that situation and I didn't I just looked at it like holy crap me and the person both honestly laughed about it and the only reason why in my case was because I knew this individual we were actually very close and I was probably like who knows 18 years old 19 and I didn't take it wrong but I was also very young so I saw things very differently I probably still would have woken up and felt some type of way and if the guy had woken up and felt some type of way he has every right to I think each party has every right to because they probably don't even know where they went wrong and they're trying to piece together the night but you also start to remember bits and pieces sometimes you know when you have a blackout moment or when you get too drunk you start to remember certain moments and for some people, you can actually see where the night went. But if you but, can't, I, I think it depends on the situ- situation. I, I really don't know. 
I think I think you're both at fault, and and there's and yeah, shame on both of you. That's that's all. You know, I think everybody. Well, yeah, if you're equally drunk, then you have equal responsibility. The reason why I bring this scenario up is I worked with um somebody in a bar, and my coworker, I, I brought this scenario to her, and we all agree that if a guy takes advantage of a drunk girl, that's not okay. But I said, in the case where both of them are drunk, she said, the guy is still to blame. And I said, how? They're both equally drunk. And she says, because men have the responsibility there. And I feel like that's unfair. No, that's unfair, 100%, because the woman has a responsibility as well. Just as I believe, I'm, I'm not biased when it comes to this at all. Women, I've seen it happen before. They sometimes can get, let's say, a little tipsy because I don't want this to only be one-sided. I like to be 1,000% transparent. They'll get tipsy and find it okay to be touchy-feely with a guy that they think is cute. And that is inappropriate as well, because he did not allow you or give you consent to be rubbing on him and touching on him. I think a conversation should be had. And it happens so often, and I feel that it is somewhat of a double standard. And it's something that should be spoken about a little bit more, because assault harassment, all of this happens to men as well. And it does happen to women more, but there are cases where this happens to men from women. All right, let me let me run through some more of these well, scenarios. Thank you for but answering I, that for me, Coco. I wanted to see what your thoughts on it were. Yeah, um, totally. Okay, I'm not into this is all it should take to stop. Um, sure. And then- Agree. The infographic is want to watch Pulp Fiction? Sure, half hour later. I'm really not liking this. Let's do something else. No, no, no. You need you, you need to watch the movie until the very end. Well, uh, in the case of Pulp Fiction, the person's right. You do need to watch the movie to the end. <laughs> awesome, James. Um, you don't owe anyone anything. Um, I, I bought you cards. Now I can teach you poker. Cool. A short time later. Now that I know the rules, I don't think this game is for me. You can't invite me over to play some cards and then not want to play cards. I went through all this trouble for you. Now you owe me. We're playing. Um, these infographics are, are great, actually. That's just like when, <laughs> that's a good one. That's like when men like to take a woman out for dinner in hopes of getting sex at the end of the night. It's Trans so, it happens so often. Yeah. <laughs> We're that's... a piece of meat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to think that somebody owes you something just because you, you know you bought them drinks or what it bought them jewelry or or you know the not everything needs to be reciprocated i think that's really fucking why i, uh, I have a question sure for you guys actually it's it's very similar but what happens you know i was thinking about this recently let's say two individuals are having sex and let's say maybe 20 minutes in the woman decides I'm not good with this anymore. Like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to chill. She shouldn't be able to make that decision. And I feel like a lot of times guys, I, and this is not for every man, because of course not, but guys get upset because they want to finish off. It's like they have to finish. Wait, you said and she shouldn't be able sex, to make that decision? Yeah, she should be able to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, she I'm, should. I'm done. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah. Oh, like she's no, that she she's gonna power through it. That seems a little harsh. <laughs> no, no. But well, I feel like a lot of women they actually will go through with it just because oh, I already started and I 
I can't stop now. I already started and we're doing it. We're in the middle of it. How do I say stop? He might do this. I don't know what he's going to do. But when and, you do say, but when you do say stop, you're saying that the guy feels that they are entitled to finish and yes. consent worksheets through the consent lessons that I was reading from the different university trainings that came up several times along with certain punishments for that and including like expulsion. It was, it was pretty interesting the the college stuff that I was reading. Um, but I think that's, you're just basically putting the consent decision model in a different point in the scenario, but it's mm -hmm. a decision model and someone is saying no. Man, you know, as it, soon as someone says no, it's over. If, if, if you wanted to learn how to drive Nicole and I let you drive my car and halfway through, I was like, look, you're, you suck at this. I don't want you to drive my car anymore. Please <laughs> stop. And you're like, no, we're getting on the highway. We're going to the mall. <laughs> like that's right. exactly that's not cool. Um, <laughs> so I, I do want to say to to your scenario, Nicole. Like, yeah, I completely agree. First of all, like, even like twenty minutes in, you're not into it. Like, and you say stop. Yeah, the guy needs to stop. But if yeah. you're if twenty minutes in and you're not into it and you don't say anything, and the guy has no idea that you're not into it, you can't ask for the guy to be a mind reader. So no, yes, no, but, you, no, I agree. If you say stop but, or you say I'm not into it, or anything that indicates that you don't want to continue doing what you're doing then yeah the guy needs to stop it sounds like something is going horribly wrong though if you're 20 minutes in and having second thoughts there something's going on there i think yeah, it, it how'd you make it to so 20 minutes <laughs> i think it happens more often than people assume especially yeah. to women and yeah. they choose not to say things out of fear or out of guilt shame or afraid of what could happen in the situation or how they may be looked. But I and think there were other factors that, that may have come up earlier um, that have Maybe. taken 20 minutes in or longer to, to surface. Uh, and I'm not saying but, anybody's at fault there. I'm just saying there are other contributing factors than probably the guy's just not performing well. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm not even think that's like the last thought in my mind. I'm just, it can be any the scenario. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, uh, but that's but that's I, I right guess along. All I would say is I don't think you can like unless unless the woman makes it clear, and I know that clear is a problematic word here, but unless there's some way for the guy to know that she's no longer giving consent, you can't hold it against the guy for continuing with it. Like oh, definitely. If she if she pushes him away or says no or whatever, yeah, you got to stop. But. If she's not giving you any signs or whatever, and internally she's not feeling okay with it, how is it, guy? Are you supposed to know? All right, let me hit the next scenario oh. here. Uh, the first infographic is a guy saying to a girl, uh, "You really, I, I know you really love the new Bad Bunny song." And then in the middle of the night, the next infographic is him just blasting the song in a stereo, and the other person freaking out. That's pretty like, hilarious. And being like, "What? I, I, you said, you said you like this song." And he's like, "Yeah, but I'm trying to sleep, bro." Um, so, <laughs> and I think that's like, if, if, just because you. But it's still a great song. But it, you know, just and I think the root of where they're going with this is just because you slept with just slept is the wrong. Just because you fuck someone while they're awake doesn't mean you can just mount them and, and start riding them in the middle of the night, you still need to get an authentic consent. Um, and then this is, this is one I really like, and this is, I, I, I don't like that they ended on this one. 
Um, and this is why the argument about how someone dresses is so wrong. And it's a little mm. guy and he's holding a rock or something. And he go, and there's a guy who's muscular wearing a tank top and he goes, Hey, you come here. And then, and then the next infographic, he's got a, a whole bunch of rocks and he goes, but I don't want to carry this stuff. <laughs> and then the little guy goes, well, you're dressed like a weightlifter and you have a lot of muscles. So you're asking to be uh, handed heavy stuff. Don't blame me. Hmm. <laughs> and, and this one, That's I thought, a great was, analogy. but I thought this one was, you know, like if my hands are full and there's somebody, you know, that's got a free hand, it looks muscular. Like I'm going to ask them to do a little more of the heavy lifting. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily like that infographic. I, I feel like that one really, uh, I'm trying to come up with the right way to describe it because that's, that's mixing scenarios to the point where it no longer becomes clear. And I think that the analogy fails. And that's why I said, this is a really lousy one to end on. Cause there was only six. That was, that was a six. Yeah. Because well, I- is the thing is if you're handing the, like you, you've got these rocks and this other guy that's super big and muscular doesn't have any rocks. And you're like, I can't carry all these. And you say, can you help me? Well, now you've asked for permission. That's consent. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me ask a question um, to Nicole about how women dress. Now, I think wearing some yoga pants and going to the grocery store is pretty normal. But Mm -hmm. having lived in New York City, you see some pretty wild extremes of how people dress. And I'm not saying that anybody, because they're dressed provocatively, and I'm using the word provocatively uh, for a reason, but it doesn't mean that they should be touched. But I would say that depending on how you're dressed, you, you're going to get more attention than you may if you were dressed otherwise. Mm-hmm. Your, attention your... has nothing to do with the touching, though. So well, one has nothing to do with the other. And we're not saying that women dress a certain way deserve to be touched. Let me ask you this question going along with what Justin's saying, which is when a woman dresses super provocatively, what signal is she trying to send? Um, Here's my fashion sense. And that's all it should be. It shouldn't be anything else. I think anyone, anyone on this planet should be able to dress however they choose to dress. It can be a statement on fashion, on art, on self-love, self-hate, whatever the case is, that does not, how one dresses does not warrant being touched and raped. And I think- Well, we're not saying that- We're not saying touched and raped. No, 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 I know. No, I know, I know. We're saying attention. On physical attention. I don't think it should warrant any type of attention except for, wow, that person is like, Clad eclectic style. Wow, that person is daring. Wow, that person is choosing to go all out today. Good for them. It has nothing to do with us. And I think that's the problem. I think traditionally it's been normalized by men back since God knows how long that women should only be a certain way, should only look a certain way, and that's the only way they could receive respect. If her hair is a certain way, if her if she's showing too much skin, it's an issue. And it's a complete double standard because there are, there are men that like to walk shirtless in the street after, let's say, a workout. Why can't a guy do that, but a girl cannot walk around in a sports bra? She is complete. She's covered up. 
She's oh. wearing either a bathing suit or a sports bra, and it's considered inappropriate. It's well, looked at. You, you're not really answering my question, so let me let me put it this way, and maybe this. I think I did. Well, maybe I need to rephrase the question better. Because I'm not saying that women shouldn't have the right to dress however they want. And I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. women who dress a certain way deserve to be touched or worse. I'm not making any of those cases. What I'm saying is that, and here, I'll give you a window into the male mind. If I go into a bar and I see one one girl that's dressed pretty much normally, let's say she's wearing like the clothes that she wore to work or just regular street clothes or whatever and then i see mm-hmm. a girl wearing a super short skirt and a low-cut shirt or something i'm going to have different ideas about what one of those two women is out to do that night not why do you that, feel that not, way not, because i feel like what you're wearing is sending a signal about your intentions for what you want to do now i'm not saying that i'm that going to touch her or take her home but i'm telling you that this is what happens but, but could it but could dress it be a certain true. way and you get an idea as why why would she be dressed like that if she didn't want attention and i'm not saying that this means that they need to be assaulted or they're deserving of rape absolutely not but well, i'm saying me, that let you're me going to get it. more attention let, dressed let, one way versus another in a let bar. me just remove sexuality from this at all altogether yeah if you're I wearing wasn't even bringing sexuality into it me, i was just saying just sure. look at them as brave i'm saying you can't ignore let me it. if if somebody's wearing a make america great again red hat might you treat them a little mm-hmm. differently or could you understand absolutely. why they, could you understand why they might be treated a little bit differently no absolutely not absolutely not i cannot be even i have dropped a friend of over 60 years because of make america great again i cannot support it okay. you're initially supporting literally racism hate and you don't want me here so why should i and you can't use the excuse of, but here's oh, the thing well, is they don't, a I, lot of times they don't see it like that. And yeah, I'm not disagreeing with I, I, I do agree with you that, that wearing, you know, that political propaganda stuff like that. I, I definitely agree with you. Um, but I can tell you that the people on the wearing end, a lot of, a lot of Trump supporters don't, I mean, you probably know this, don't believe they're racist at all yet. Their oh, actions, their actions may speak otherwise, but that's what their beliefs are. So a woman who's because wearing something choosing. provocative, a woman who's wearing something provocative who gets additional attention, I believe is in the same mindset as somebody who's wearing something political saying, this is just, I, you know, I, I don't think people should treat me differently. This is just what I want to mm-hmm. wear. And I, I, and I, a fantastic I, analogy. I think to look at it I, any other way would be a double standard and biased. I think that thinking that way is because we've been brainwashed to looking at that. We, we have been brainwashed to stigmatize women and put them in a box for dressing certain types of ways. I'm not looking Sexuality to out of it. No, no, no. This is just, I feel that we've been brainwashed growing up through years and generations to think that way. That is the only reason we think that way. Imagine if men back in the middle ages never treated women this way you wouldn't think this way you would probably look at a woman and say oh good for her look at that halter top 
wow, miniskirt, I couldn't pull it off, but good for her. Whatever makes her happy. She probably just left the show. She probably does acrobatics. Who knows? Like, we don't also know people's walks of life. So the only reason we have these, these thoughts in our heads and these opinions is because they came from somewhere and they were ingrained in us as we grew up. It's just a fact. If these things did not exist, you would not think this way. I can guarantee it 100%. And I used to think this way as well. But learning and opening my eyes and seeing, wait a second, that is not how it should be. I literally used to talk about girls like that. Oh, I could never wear that. She's definitely a hoe. She's a slut. I don't respect her. I used to talk like that, I swear to God, four years ago. That was who I was. And that is not okay. And that is because that's how we were raised. That is what through generations has been put out for people and for women. Men started this whole topic, this whole theory, and that is exactly what it is. But with the making America great again situation, (laughs) I think to me, it goes without saying. And when we say, oh, well, they don't know, they don't think they're racist, they don't choose to learn, they don't choose You can't even have a conversation with a Trump supporter. The minute you try to have a conversation with them, they try to debunk you. They don't want to listen to facts. And this is not all of them. They don't, this is not, I don't even want to say that. Let me, so here, here's the thing. James and I are disagreeing with you, but I'm reading the comments and the women are agreeing with you. So I'm I'm not saying there's a wrong or a right on this. Um, And and no, no, there is said, a wrong. <laughs> what you said was you changed over the last four years and not everybody is able to do that, nor had the exposure to what you've had exposure to. Um, and that's it's going to take people time. But to you don't around. need to have the exposure. For example, well, something, you can but choose something to happened just... to you in four years that hasn't happened to everybody else. So yeah, the you... pandemic happened and I let's let's talk about the last year. I'll just talk about the last year, for example. Um, and I'm going to use the race situation because I was not on, I'm half black. So I'm 55 percent African and then I am 7 percent Native American and Latina. Those are three things against me. I am literally a trifecta of all the shit they don't want on this world. OK, so they never... but they you're you're talking about. Trump supporters. They, Trump supporters, white supremacists, anyone that's racist on this planet. I have never been fully educated on what it means to be black in this country. I I pretended that I didn't see it. I literally, even maybe five, five or six years ago, when I would watch certain things or see certain things, I'd say, oh God, here we go again with the the black card or why is this a conversation? I was doing that and I am that person, you know? And then I sat back and I finally had no distractions during the pandemic. I learned about the Tulsa massacre. I never knew about that until this, until last year. That's embarrassing. There were so many things I started to learn and I said, one second, hold on a minute. Let me start educating myself. So my husband and I, sat down and started watching every single documentary. I started reading articles. I started watching movies. I cannot watch a single movie now without feeling some sense of like depression because I notice 
the, the racism in it. I noticed the sexism in it. I noticed how women or black people are winning things for the first time. It's, it's been so many years and things are starting to happen now or not happening at all. No one wants to see it. And it's so unfortunate because all it takes is Googling. We hear it every single day and we choose to ignore it. We literally choose to ignore it. And it's something that is groomed into us. My father who is black um, and Puerto Rican, he used to tell me as a young girl, you better never bring a black man into this house. My own father, who is black, used to say that to me. So that's what I knew growing up. And I used to say, uh, my type is, I love a light-skinned boy. I love um, the guy with the blue eyes. Like, that was my thing. Justin Timberlake was my thing since I was six years old. And I, when people would ask me, what's your type? Oh, I don't date black guys. You know how offensive that is? I, and I, I, I took the time to learn and educate myself. And now I can't even understand and fathom how people can have the ignorance and choose to remain ignorant when they see it in their face, in music, in television, in at work. It's everywhere. There is not one place you can go where race is not an issue. Not one place. I, so I, I think I, it goes I don't, don't, don't want to like sexism. I, I, I don't want to. And I, I like how you're wrapping it back in, but I, I don't want to cut you off on this because it's good stuff. Hold on. I, I don't I'm not hearing you. Try talking again. Can you hear me now? Yes, perfectly. Okay. I, I said I didn't want to cut you off and I see you're wrapping it back into the sexualism. Um, but but that's a what you're talking about is a it's. It's an injustice for me to let you keep going because we're going to run out of time and it's an injustice for me to cut you off. But it's really, you know, the whole racial and, and what you're dealt. We're talking about consent and you're talking about sexism and the sexes. And that's a um, it's it's a deep topic. So let's, they're all no, they all tie in and they they, they do. They do. But like I said, it, it would be an injustice to let you keep going because we'll, we'll run out of time. And it's also an injustice to, to cut you short. So, um, but, and again, times are changing and they're changing very rapidly, which is why I think having conversations like this are very important. Um, you well, know, and I think that the, the topics that she brought up are, are well worth exploring, especially from her perspective. It's just that we're trying to stay on topic with like the consent thing right now. And it's not to say that what she said doesn't have value, it very much does. But, but, you, but you and I, I was, no, actually, I was only tying that in. I was only saying that to say that the same thing with consent, it's been around for all of our lives and people, specifically men are choosing not to educate themselves. It's just, here's the best analogy that I can give, which I, I just recently thought of when, you know, when a, a white person asks a black person, can you teach me about racism? Why is it that men have to ask women, can you teach me how to approach you? Can you teach me how to be, can have consent? I shouldn't have to, we, we shouldn't as women have to, and not you guys, I'm just saying in general, we shouldn't have to teach men how to be respectful and keep their hands to themselves and just feel a moment out, just go with the flow. A lot of times 
it's this thing about, oh, well, now it's so uncomfortable for me because I have to ask a girl if I can kiss well, her. Let me, so fucking let what? Me, you know? Let me ask you a question, though. If if women aren't shouldn't be educating men on this, who are you expecting to educate men on this? I think that men should try to educate themselves. I think that's the kind of what caused this problem in the first place. <laughs> sure. But but I think what, what really you're getting at is men need to try and think. Yeah. And, Put, and I think we're making it a deeper issue by by really dissecting it when when you know you're not gonna it's not that well you see it's not that complex thing, of an issue. What I what I find funny is when you say you were making it a deeper issue, this is a deep issue. This is a very deep issue. Well, uh, it, it runs deep. Problem. It runs deep, but the solution it's, to it doesn't need to be that complicated. It's just that it runs very deeply. Um, you know, that's that makes it seem more complex. Like I said, leading into this, it you know, I thought it was a deeper issue because it spans. It's a big issue. But it's but it's not a difficult issue to figure out, um, and it just takes a little bit of thought, some minor critical thinking, um, and it, it's again, you know, you're saying that men can figure it out on their own because it's it's simple enough. We don't need the female sex to educate men on it. Men should be able to figure it out. Um, but you know, we got to simplify the problem so that they can figure it out. We got to reduce, um, what's the fucking phrase in math, but we got to reduce the, uh, variables, the variable. Yeah. Reduce the variables here. And, and you'll find out once you've reduced them, simplify the equation, simplify the equation. And, and once you simplify it, you've eliminated some variables. It's not that complex of an issue. It's just that it runs very, very deep. And, and that's why I think conversations like this are, are, if anybody hangs in here this long, uh, is, is helpful to people who are listening. Um, and, and again, like I said, it's not complex. It's just that it runs deep. So you can't, you can't use, well, I didn't know as a defense because that still makes you wrong. That is a true thing. And I think it, again, starts with the parents. Men are raised differently than women are. Factually, we see it happen all the time. Um, I was just watching a movie, which is very much about consent, and it's called Moxie. It's on Netflix. Um, these kids are in high school, and there's one scene where the principal comes in the middle of the class while the teacher is teaching and asks the young lady sitting in the front row, um, can you please cover up? Do you have a sweater to put on? She's wearing a tank top. She's wearing a normal tank top. And all the guys in that classroom are wearing tank tops. And not one of them are escorted out. And that is just an example of how men and women, boys and girls are treated completely different, raised completely different. And it starts in the house. There are men out there that are great men where their parents raise them to respect women at a very young age, to ask questions, to but look below beside as, the surface. As a dude in that classroom, as in the utmost respect, I would still be internally distracted. That's not my problem. 
that's your problem. It, it is my problem, but it's not, that it's not just problem. me. It's not just me with the problem. It could be half the class that's not learning. That doesn't matter. She was wearing a regular tank top. There was no cleavage involved. She had a spaghetti string tank top. That is what we're saying. Men cannot be distracted. They cannot control their emotions, their thoughts. So a woman has to. So I can't be distracted by someone's hot arms in a tank top. I can't be distracted by that in my classroom. That's the double standard. And that is a problem. And it starts at home. We can't, that's, I can't fit distracting you. And then you failed the class. What? Because I was wearing a dress. That's not my problem. That's your problem that you couldn't focus. You should have enough control and your parents should have raised you to literally not even look at a woman as a sexual object. We are looked at as pieces of meat, literally this Wagyu beef displayed in a restaurant before you choose it. That is how women are displayed throughout the entire world, in India, everywhere, everywhere. It's disgusting. There are religions that make women cover their entire bodies because men won't be able to control themselves. And I think that those, is those religions, actually, that's, that's a very good example of explaining this problem on a spectrum. Uh, and I think that's the far end of the spectrum, but I think that that really gives someone a good visual in their mind of how there is a problem and that the problem that we're talking about right now is in the direction on the spectrum of people that have to be fully covered, um, you know, as required by the religion, basically saying that the women can't show any skin at all because it fucks with the guys and that's on them yeah. to be covered all the time. And I, totally know that a lot of times they wear that for their religion because they believe in it and they're very spiritual and there's other meanings to it as well. So I would never want to like disrespect that religion, but I do know also that I've heard that before. I've seen it before. We know it exists. And that temptation that men can't fathom to control is just like the weakest narrative I've ever heard. And it just makes no sense. And women's number one fear on this planet any woman could attest to this please jump in the comments and say it our number one fear is men is men we're getting murdered by them raped by them no matter what we're wearing touched by them harassed by them that's our number one fear i walk through the streets in fear because i don't know how a man is going to react sometimes they look nice sometimes they stare too fucking long and it's so weird sometimes you get followed it's it's disgusting and it has to change. So, so look, guys, we're running out of time here, but I think your female perspective uh, definitely brought some weight with it because you definitely think way differently than James and I do. And James and I, I think, acknowledge the fact that we think very differently. I don't necessarily think, and I'm speaking for James, that we believe that we're wrong. Um, but, you know, in your mind, that, that is part of the problem. Um, and I don't think James and I uh, run the risk of raping anyone or really making them uncomfortable unless it's by social awkwardness. But uh, it's but, just a risk of knowing me. But I think. Kind well, of yeah, no, I've considered thinking that of you guys, but I do believe that you're biased in a lot of a lot of things. And I, I don't think that that's your fault as as you guys genuinely. But, I don't think that. Well, I think that just comes from generations of this being the way that it has been. 
But well, and that's look, why we want to listen and get another perspective yeah, on but, this. But look, look, guys, what I'm reading in the comments is that most women are on Nicole's side and most men are on our side. And, <laughs> what do and you look, know? But but guess what? You know, when you split the population down, we have a disagreement on this. And this is this is similar to politics. And so you're saying that you disagree with everything I've said so far? No, I, I definitely don't think we disagree. I actually think that we're in agreement on almost everything. It's just that it's it's to different levels. Like I, I think women should be able to wear whatever they want, but we have to allow, there has to be some allowance for chemicals to happen in other people's bodies. Cause I don't think it's fair to say, you know, if you get a glance at somebody and it turns you on that you should cut off your dick. It just happens. But nobody's uh, saying that. But, nobody's saying that. Well, I'm exaggerating. Anything. I'm exaggerating. Let me, let me refine, let me refine your point a little bit, Justin. Cause that wasn't a good one. I have to be honest. I was exaggerating. No I was exaggerating. Can I, can I can can I have a second chat at this one? All right. All right. Let's see. Because if, because I, I was exaggerating I, to, to go ahead. OK, so. Neither of us are saying that people shouldn't be able to wear what they want when they go out. And this is for men and women uh, like but and, and I actually have the same reaction. If I see a dude wearing some kind of ridiculous get up in, in public, I'm paying attention to him, too. And if he gets like, why are you looking at me? Like, because of what the shit that you're wearing. And so I think that everyone should have the freedom to be able to wear what they want. But when you're going out in public, you have to understand that there's going to be perceptions about you based on what you're choosing to wear. And going back to Justin's analogy about wearing a Trump hat versus a, a girl going out wearing like a really short skirt or whatever, that even if you don't feel like what you're wearing is sending a message, other people are reading what you're wearing. Well, other and people are their getting a message. So, yeah. Coco, you're saying that you see someone wearing a Trump hat and you make an opinion about them based on what you feel that the red hat stands for. No, no, no. Not based on what I feel it stands for. Based on what I know it stands for. That's the difference. When men are looking at the way women dress in a skimpy skirt, they're basing it on what the white men in the freaking Middle Ages created a narrative around. You see, but, right. but, but so th this, this is where, where I the, disagree with you. This is where because... I think we have a bit of a disconnect because not everybody... Here is wearing a red hat thinking that it means racism. A lot of these people don't think that it means that at all. Right. And this is not like neither of us are Trump supporters. I, I hated the dude. I hate everything that his political movement stands for. But I can recognize that not every person who wears a red hat sees it that way. And is that what? That's a problem that they if a person chooses not to see Look at what happened in our faces, literally on TV for the world to see. We saw the whole Capitol situation. We are seeing all of the negativity that is attached to this. So, for example, for someone to say, well, I voted for Trump. I don't see the racism and I'm not racist, but I voted for him because of my taxes. That's bullshit, because what you're saying is that someone's civil rights on this planet doesn't matter but your coin does okay and guess what it's a deal breaker for me i can't support we're not talking about you choosing to work in a job where the boss is shitty we're talking about somebody that is running our country all of our country and you're representing a man that does not want anything okay. 
do with can, certain types of people. I just look, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but what you're saying about like when when you see someone wearing a, a red hat and you come to these all these conclusions, most of which I fully agree with, but you have to understand that they're wearing something that might not mean the same thing to them as it does to you. And it doesn't matter how right you are, they still don't see it that way. And so it's the exact same thing with a girl wearing a short skirt. It might not mean something to her, but somebody else will draw a different now, meaning. But, but in but that other person who's drawing whatever meaning out of it could be wrong. But yes, they could but be. What I'm, and I think what, and maybe maybe you guys are too, what I'm saying is you right now, you can't control how people feel based on a stimuli. You know, somebody, somebody may be stimulated from seeing one thing or another thing and feel different ways about it. You can't control how everybody feels right now. And, and I think that's where we're dividing here and we're diverging in, in thoughts is, you know, I'm, I'm not defending people who feel a certain way that we don't agree with. I'm just saying it's impossible to control right now. And I think what Nicole keeps saying is this stuff needs to come from home. It needs to come from an early age and that's going to help deal with it. But I think it's going to be several generations before we can get to the level where I agree. we are kind of all on the same page about this, but I don't think, and you know, changing in four years is great, but I don't think everybody's going that. I think that's impossible for that to happen to everybody. And it would be great, but we can't control how people feel. And, and that's why I think just like when you breed dogs to be wolves into being golden retrievers, it takes many generations and many iterations of reinforcement into, into making it okay. That's, that's all. But guys, we're like super over on time. Um, Can I end with a quote? I'm (laughs) neither, just so you know, neither one of us is probably going to agree with it, but Sure. I think I both of you will. Okay, maybe. Go ahead. We'll, we're up for <laughs> the it. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, fair enough. I, I read that one more time, and then, and then I'm gonna, we'll sign off, guys. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And that, That's to no, say that things aren't perfect right now, but they will continue to get better if we try. If we try on that note, guys, uh, this concludes episode 85. Nicole, thank you for joining James. Thank, thank you guys. Thank yeah. You thank you always. for joining. Perspective was very welcome. Thank Definitely. you guys. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. See ya. Yo, thank you for having completed this podcast. This, like I said, was a long one, probably the longest and most coherent podcast we've had. Um, I did run out of vodka partway through. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Um, but, Thank you, as always, for joining us. I truly appreciate you guys who listen to this podcast and watch this podcast and constantly throw comments out there and message me your thoughts on the podcast. That is really the reason that we're doing this, and uh, we appreciate appreciate you being part of it. So thank you, guys. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.